So hello everyone, this is me, Mr. Case, and I have a very special guest, Mr. Kelly. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Well, I guess whatever time that you hear this, uh, greetings and uh, namaste and peace. Mm. And also, uh, thank you very much for interviewing me. You know, thanks for listening uh, to my story. You know, um, so where should we begin? Yeah, like uh, how how about you introduce yourself, like for your full name. Like, Sure, sure. You know, my name is an interesting one. My name, my full name is Yakin Sawande Kelly. And when I first got, when I was a little boy, actually, I didn't like the name Yakin. I felt that I grew up in America. I grew up in uh, New York City. New York City has five boroughs, Manhattan, the Bronx, Queens, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. I grew up in Queens, Jamaica, Queens. And, um, but I'll get more to that. So, the name Yakin, my mother and father, they didn't want to name me a name like uh, Jack or John or Bob. Nothing wrong with those names, but they wanted to give me a name that identified me, to give me an identity. At the time, I didn't realize that it was um, a brilliant idea because the name defied me. And my middle name, Sawande, is a Swahili word meaning a silent soldier. So names are important. And my surname, Kelly, actually, as you know, many African-Americans were taken as slaves, you know. So Kelly is an Irish name. And recently I've been doing some research on the name Kelly. Kelly is the second most famous Irish name. The first one, I think, is McDuffie. And uh, actually in uh, Tim Chow Choi, there's a, a, a restaurant called Ned Kelly's. And so I did some research on this Ned Kelly. Ned Kelly was a... Um, a thief, you know, because many he grew up in Australia because many, as you know, um, the British, they wanted to set, uh, settle Australia. So they sent many of their criminals to go over to Australia to settle it. So that means that my probably great, great grandfather was owned by an Irishman named Kelly. So I'm sure of that now that the hierarchy in England. I don't know that well, but I know that the Irish are sometimes looked down upon. So legend has it that my great-great-grandfather actually killed the slave master. One day they was um, fishing, and then uh, my great-great-grandfather, he couldn't catch a lot of fish. So what he did was he drowned the man. Now I think that's good. He killed that slave master, and then he had to escape America. So he made his way down to Central America, Honduras. So my, actually, I have um, a lot of relatives, distant relatives in Central America and Honduras. So then that Kelly, he left Honduras and he made his way to the south, New Orleans. And then after that, he migrated up to uh, New York. And my father is the second of 10 children, you know. And my, father, my grandfather, who I never met, he died when I was um, small. No, actually, I wasn't born. Um, he could have been a doctor. But because of you know, racism in the United States at that time, he couldn't. So he instilled within my father and um, his other siblings the importance of uh, education. So that's the little bit of history of my name. And also, like, I was trying to talk about your name like for many days but i kept on forgetting like oh. in home i need to tell listen mr kelly mm. the first name yakin mm. 
do you know the meaning of yakin in Hindi and Nepali? No, I don't. No, I, I, I've heard. I've seen. It's a, mm. it's a very special name. Wow, wow, wow. If you are, if you are into philosophy, mm. if you are a philosophical guy, a critical thinking guy, yakin means in Hindi and in Nepali, it means realize. Realize. Yeah. Really. Realize. Really. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. It's like. Like uh, if we look your name, Yakin, mm. it means you realize who you are. Mm. You realize Whoa. your potential. You wow. realize your goals. <laughs> wow! Wow! It's very, so, wow! So wow, your wow, name. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, mother and father. You know, really, really. Wow! 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 Because like it happens. Like when I ordered my food and I went to office and I, and Miss Lee was showing your name, Yakin. Oh, my name is Yukis. <laughs> and I, Mr. Rai was there and. Oh, whose name is this? And he said, Oh, it's Mr. Kelly. And I said to him, Oh, it's a very special name. Yeah. Does he know the meaning? No, no, I didn't. No, no. <laughs> I asked him. Yeah, no, no. no I your name I didn't, I didn't seems very that. special. Oh, wow. Oh, it's I tell my mother, you know. Mm. I, I seen my name once in uh, the Quran, and it was an adjective, kind of similar, but it was spelled Y A Q I N. And it means uh, similar, kind of like cert certainty of mm. this life and as well as the hereafter. And actually, my mother never really told me the real meaning of my first name. The middle name, yes, but the first one, no. So I'm going to have to ask her, and I'm also going to share with her, thank you, you know, what the, the meaning of it is. You know, the name, your name really is, wow. like, if you tell, if you, if you happen to be around Nepal mm. sometime, right? Mm, maybe mm. in future mm, mm, mm. Uh, yeah sure I'd love to tell them my name is Yakin <laughs> then they'll instantly know the meaning of because uh, it's a uh, it's a very you know like to realize wow. about own potential to Ooh, realize about something thank you wow. because most of the time mm. people doesn't realize what they're doing yeah sure 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 yeah and, and mm. that's really been my um, personality too as well so a name really can define a person so you know in, in the future for those who those young people like eventually when you get married and you have children really put real thought into you know the name that you give somebody because it's true like in uh my mother and father you know um in particular both of them grew up poor in in america and so you know around that time uh the black conscious movement was coming and and so their thinking was different you know like my my mother's name is Joyce and my father's name is Mackie so they would they wanted to give me something different you know as well as my sister so yeah thank you i really really appreciate that yeah oh so so your mother and father happened to be around the time of Martin Luther King Dr Martin Luther King sure yeah sure sure around you know actually my mother said that she saw Martin Luther King in a church uh giving a speech and um, my father, my father, he's he's not as politically active as my mother, I would say. My father, I get both sides of the personality, you know. I think I get my um, activism, so to speak, from my mother, you know, listening to her talk about things. My father is more of a listener, you know, and he has more action with things. Around that time, too, uh, my father, he, he was smart. He could have been drafted into the Vietnam War. But what he did was he joined the Air Force because he figured that, you know, he wouldn't have to do any fighting. So he was stationed in uh, Greenland, and his job was to, to monitor the Soviet Union at the time was a threat. 
And uh, so his job was just to do radar. And what I found interesting was he said it was six months at daytime, six months at nighttime. And that one decision, he had told his friend to come with him to join the Air Force, but he did it. And then he went, you know, into the Army and he ended up getting killed. So I think, um, but, but go on, ask a question. Now, you know, please. It's very interesting. When it comes to American history, like mm. pretty familiar, mm, mm, familiar mm. about it. And especially what I was going to talk about is uh, mm. Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. Like, we need, mm. we need Dr. Martin Luther King mm. in our Nepali community. Mm, mm, so, mm. you know, like, and, and when we talk about the history of America, mm. uh, U.S., do you know the song that we shall overcome? Yeah, sure. How people like how mm. how your community mm, mm, made mm, the song? Mm. No, I don't know. The, I know the song, but I I don't know know the roots. Like as per my information from mm. what I read, like there was tobacco farming, mm, right? Mm, mm, mm. So lots and lots of people from your community mm. sang the song mm, 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 mm. in the tobacco mm, field. Mm, mm. Cotton fields too, yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm, 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 so mm. we shall overcome someday. Mm, mm, mm. You know, um, your people, when it comes to like the race, mm. right? When it comes to the race, mm. like hope, when we talk about hope, my, my argument is that when we talk about hope, mm. we should learn from your community. Mm, mm, you know, mm, mm. like, just imagine being slave and yeah. being beaten. Yeah. Still, there is hope. Yeah. There is faith. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you're right. You know, you made me think of a couple things. My mother, she grew up in Bamberg, South Carolina. Many of the slaves were brought to South Carolina, and she vividly remembers waking up and uh, picking cotton. She said she was six years old, and she wanted. She said, hey, I'm going to pick a lot of cotton. And she went out there to try to pick cotton, and she fell asleep right in the fields. And she also remembers, um, like, white men just bursting into wherever they lived and, you know, just causing things to happen. And her mother died at the age of 27. And I, to this day, I don't know the cause, but I know it's because she didn't get proper uh, medical attention. So... Back to Dr. Martin Luther King, I was reading, I was curious about his um, childhood, like what, you know. So he grew up in, in, in Georgia, I believe Atlanta, Georgia, and his father was a, a pastor as well as a church. Dr. Martin Luther King was a very, he was a prodigy. He was in university, I believe at age 14 or so, right? So he went to Morehouse College. So he didn't, and he was kind of a... Um, a naughty teenager, actually, at the time. So he wanted to get a haircut one day, and his uh, friend, he, he had money. He had a little bit of money, but that day he didn't. So he went to go get a haircut, and um, it was like a nickel, five cents back then, you know. So then um, he didn't have the nickel, and so he asked the guy to cut his hair, and he would pay him back the next day. I think Dr. Martin Luther King didn't pay him back, and then they got into a big fight. And so then after the fight, they became best friends. And then after that, Dr. Martin Luther King and him, they would smoke cigarettes and they were hanging out. They were uh, partying, uh, just living, you know, youth. But the, the defining moment in Dr. Martin Luther King's life came one day when he had to take a bus, similar to Rosa Parks. And um, it was a 90 mile ride. And back then, uh, you know, the white people said that, yeah, you can't sit down on the bus. And he was mad. And after that, he started to take action and he became more of a, um, you know, what he is today. And then 
He learned from Gandhi. He said to himself, he said to the people that, you know, uh, let's beat them with peace. But, you know, growing up, there was another figure who appealed more to young black people. Have you ever heard of Malcolm X? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, back then... Great the, philosopher. Yeah, now... Favorite. Now... <laughs> My idol. Oh, I love Malcolm X, too. Now, I see them both for what they're worth. But back then, you know... It was more, we were more radical, you know, in how we looked at things like Doc. We was like, hey, what do you mean, uh, turn the other cheek, smack me? No, Malcolm X was like, no, you know, we're going to shoot, we're going to da-da-da-da. But um, Malcolm X's um, mentor was this man named Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad was also born in, um, in, in Georgia around that time. He came up with a concept that, you know, God is not a mystery, God is like within us. God works through man. You know what I mean? It's like as slaves, we were taught. We were, we were the Bible was pre presented to us, but it was presented to us in a way to subjugate us, our thinking. Like there's a mystery God that we have to suffer here on earth. And then when we die, then we'll get heaven. Yeah. But Elijah Muhammad was like, no, you make your heaven and hell on earth right now, which is true. And so he came from the more to like an Islamic text right but he made it suited for black people because black people at that time had bad dietary laws like we were eating a lot of pork we were you know drinking a lot you know we didn't know we were just yeah. like left out of slavery so he made them to be very refined right you know and even like when they would congregate men would be separated from the women and then he developed like these businesses malcolm x when he was younger Again, d due to racism, he was a bit of a criminal. He was a very smart boy in school. He grew up in Nebraska. One day the teacher asked him, because teachers are so important, one day the white teacher asked him, said, hey, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, a lawyer. And, he, and the teacher said, no, you can't be a lawyer. You should be a carpenter or something like that with your hands. So he was a criminal. He was a criminal for a while. He went to jail. And while he was in jail, his brother was a part of the Nation of Islam. And then the brother saw that, you know, this would be good for Malcolm. Malcolm came back out of jail and he joined the Nation of Islam. And then he made these electrifying speeches. And then, you know, just calling the, the his term was the white man is the devil. You know, he was just going off, right? So Nation of Islam is growing. More and more people are coming in. But then I really truly believe it was perhaps the FBI and even J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, always said that there can't be a black messiah, right? So he saw that what the Nation of Islam was doing, it was galvanizing black people, didn't like it, didn't like Dr. Martin Luther King as well. And um, when JFK was assassinated, Elijah Muhammad specifically told the ministers of his organization not to say anything negative about Kennedy, because Kennedy... Kennedy was a very important person who also was assassinated in Dallas in 1963. Kennedy was the one who passed the Civil Rights Bill, kind of like Lincoln, who was assassinated mm -hmm. because he did, had the Emancipation Proclamation, right? Yeah. So Malcolm said something kind of negative. He said, oh, how do you feel about Kennedy being assassinated? And he said, oh, some, the chicken's coming home to roost or something like that. Elijah didn't like that. So then he suspended Malcolm, and then um, Malcolm started his own organization, and then um, some people from the Nation of Islam were kind of upset about that. And then uh, Malcolm said that 
Elijah had a lot of illegitimate kids. So now it was like a target put on his back. And then he was assassinated in 1965. The 60s was a really turbulent time because uh, Kennedy assassinated. And then Kennedy's so-called assassin, he was killed. Malcolm X was assassinated. Martin Luther King was assassinated. Um, the brother, after he got the Democratic nomination, Bobby Kennedy, he was assassinated. So I kind of want to... Um, Okay, I don't want to go off tangent, you know. Yeah, Please ask yeah. me another question because there's, yeah, yeah uh, the, it was the, ton, ton to like, say, ton yeah, to say. It was a really good relation history. Mm. I think the times too, like when, when we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about all the way back to how slavery even began. I mean, okay, so they actually in, in May, I have to do this uh, talk about um, this uh, Chinese uh, navigator. And Christopher Columbus gets a lot of credit for sailing in 1492, but there was navigators before then. You know, there was this Chinese navigator, Zing Mei, I believe his name was, and he was sailing around for a while, you know? But um, I wanna go to the root of what racism really is and how my, my, my understanding of it. I think it goes to genetics, you know what I mean? I mean, like, um, as you know, life began at one point, there's seven continents right now, right? Mm -hmm. But as time went on, the seven, I mean, as I look at the map, where there's a map yeah. behind us, you see it's like a puzzle piece. In a sense, you see like how South America can connect into Africa. And, you know, it took millions of years, but it separated. Whether we like it or not, all life came from one place, one continent. And then it just spread out over a course of millions of years. Now, up in Europe, Europe is a small area that could fit in perhaps just the northern part of Africa. Africa, the continent, and actually Africa isn't its original name. It's Akubayan, which means motherland. Africa is named after European explorer or colonizer. So sometimes I don't like to use the term Africa. So I'll refer to it during our conversation as the motherland. So the motherland, so Europe, okay, they were always, now I'm not being racist, I'm just speaking facts. Like historically, they've always been b behind the times of, of non-white people. Like the pyramids, the pyramids were built in the motherland. You know, there's been civilizations that have existed way beyond. Like Egypt came before Rome, it came before Greece. They always was learning from the motherland. So in Europe in 1492, uh, Queen Elizabeth, Isabella uh, commissioned Christopher Columbus. He was trying to sail to India to get spices because their food was bland. You know, it's cold. They don't have too many things there. So Spain and Portugal at the time, they were the leading powers because of their access, you know, was sailing. So Columbus went, and they even thought the world was flat back then. You know, he had to convince them that the world was round. So he sailed. He went the wrong way. He thought he was in India, but he ended up somewhere in the Caribbean. He's seen those people. This is the, the, the thinking, like anybody else, like the Chinese were sailing around for centuries way before, but they never thought to go sail and subjugate a people. But they're thinking, I don't know, maybe it's the environment that they grew up in, in a cold environment, an unloving environment, an environment where they really weren't close to nature, the way many civilizations, they really respect nature and people and have customs and traditions. They didn't. So they saw those people, 
instead of thinking, oh, you know, we could learn from them, we could share. No, they brought some back. They brought some of the people back to Queen Isabella. And they're like, wow, these people are, you know, whatever. So then they sailed again and they kept making these voyages, you know, sailing. And then, um, of course, there was like tribal conflicts in the motherland and a king foolishly would sell, you know, those to, if it wasn't for Africans, you know, that lived there, slavery would never would have occurred. So they see like this, this slave trade happening. They took us. Um, it was a horrible trip too. You know what I mean? It was a horrible trip. I mean, those that survived, it was like a six month trip. Um, I've seen many pictures of the slave ships and, you know, just all cramped and, you know, defecation. And it was just a horrible trip. And those that actually made it to America or made it to South America or made it to the Caribbean, they were stripped naked and put on an auction block and they were sold. They were um, raped, molested, all kinds of things. So getting back to hope, they just had this, this inner strength. You know, you can't deny like who you are. Like it's just a part of the DNA, you know, cause like when you're an original person, you can't, you know, they tried their best. They tried to beat it, tried to this, da 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 da. And then things were coming. There were some white people who were sympathetic towards, you know, what was yeah. happening, but it's just God's will. I mean, like that prayer, you know, there was a comedian once. His name was Paul Mooney, my favorite comedian. He died, and um, he was saying the difference between white and black people. He said, like, if they're on an airplane, you know, the white guy would be like, oh, you know, this G damn plane is going to crash. But black people said they would just start humming like this, mm, and they would start singing like, you got shoes, I got shoes. And he said, next thing you know, the plane is flying right. So I'm a firm believer in, in a God. I feel that, you know, there's God within me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, if I just sit here and just pray and don't do anything, nothing's going to change in my life. But if I pray and then I do an action, and as I talk now, I'm becoming more proud of, yeah, what they did. And like how you said, with that hope, they prayed, they stuck together against all kinds of odds. And like, you know, they, all the music art forms that came from it, uh, jazz, uh, rock and roll, basically, R&B, you know, rap, everything. But what happened, what's happening now with my people, black people nowadays today are much different than those great black people in the past. Like, we also need another Martin Luther King in our community as well. We need a Malcolm X, we need a Rosa Parks, a Harriet Tubman. What happened was, white man, he said, wow, I can't, I tried to kill him, I tried to beat him, I tried to steal from him, I, I did everything, so what can I do, like, to, you know, weaken this person? He was smart. What he did was, like, in the 70s, there was a big influx of drugs, heroin in particularly, and many of the soldiers who returned from the Vietnam War, they were injured, they were, you know, not doing well, so many of them started using drugs, heroin, and that was the beginning, I think, of a kind of decline. And also what he did was he gave certain blacks a lot of money. He got like the very best and kind of took them out of the community, kind of marginalized them because like if you're hungry, you're gonna fight for it, right? But if you start to get fed, eh, you're not as angry as you was before. So some blacks became working more so for the white man than, than working in their own community. And then in the 1980s, there was a hard, another drug called crack, crack cocaine. Very addictive, and many blacks started using that. 
And then he kind of even turned hip hop around because hip hop originally, it, okay, hip hop originated in the Bronx. It was a Jamaican DJ by the name of Cool Herc, and he would throw parties in the park. And to get electricity, he would uh, go to a light pole and he would just, you know, throw parties. And there was no rapper back then. There was just a guy that would say, hey, you know, move your Cadillac car, you know, nothing too clever. But then it's, it transformed. There was another guy named Grandmaster Flash who invented mixing. And then the rapper's rap started to develop. And then the first rapper's raps was about, you know, feeling positive to be good. Yeah, one of my favorite groups is uh, Public Enemy. You know, it kept me out of the uh, army with this verse here. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for the army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said, never. Here is a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. So, you know, that, 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 that lot of the, it was a lot of conscious rap. But then, you ever heard of N.W.A.? No. N.W.A. stands for Niggas with Attitude. And they were from Los Angeles. And their raps was like about the, from where they was coming from. And it sold a lot. It's good music. And it expressed what they did. But then the record company saw that this violent rap sells a lot. So more rappers went toward that route. And nowadays, I don't even listen to current rap because it's just like garbage to me. And a lot of our stars, to me, you know what's the ridiculous thing to me? If you had to guess, um, what percentage of black people would you say are in the NBA today? Maybe around like 10 to 20. Yeah, I'd I'd say like out of a uh, out, out of out, out of hundred, yeah, twenty. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, if you had to guess, like how much money, if they combined all their money, all those black players, if you just a round figure, how much do you think that would be? No idea. Me either. You know, but it's a lot. It's probably at least a billion dollars, right? So you figure with all of the resources that we have now that we didn't have in the past, we have top entertainers, Oprah Winfrey, da, 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 but they can't control their money. Like whenever I was able to go back to USA, black neighborhoods are still the same. So my message, um, not only to your people, but to my people is we have to be smarter. We have to realize that we have a lot more opportunities today that our ancestors didn't have, that they were praying for. We're only here because of their struggles, their sacrifices, their hard work. And that's why today I really don't look up to, you know, uh, not too many people because I rather look at the figures from the past and, you know, what's here today. So. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's like uh, when we talk about the, it's uh when you talk about our society there is there's obviously a lot of problems mm -hmm. which we are not able to solve it's not like we are not able but we don't want to solve we don't want to solve them yeah, that's we, that's, yeah, that's why we I are agree. lagging behind it's true because uh, just as you said there are a lot of lots and lots of famous people from your community yeah but but, but they are not helping they're not helping their at own, all own at all you know even even in our even in our Nepali community, there are, there are some mm, mm, some people mm, here, mm. but they are not 
contributing to community. No, you know, and, and I'm trying to figure out why. I think one of the reasons why is um, a real disconnection with the past. That's why history is always so important. It's like the thing is, the people like, uh, for instance, or Nepali, from Nepali community, if a man, mm. if a Nepali man becomes rich, mm. uh, becomes famous, mm. now he becomes white. Exactly. Same. He, he Same. doesn't want, like, you know, last time mm. I told you this. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, 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 <laughs> you know, I was so yeah. angry. Mm, mm, rightfully so. Yeah. She's Nepali. I'm talking with her in Nepali and she is replying me in English. <laughs> she was trying to be American. She was trying to be European. But her face and body doesn't say that. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's like they forgot their roots. Exactly. When people get too rich, they forgot their roots. Exactly. They forgot their ancestors. Yes. They forgot yes. their community. Yes, yes. That, so our people really needs to like support community. Yeah. yeah. Work together with community. It's true. Even it's though true. you are in high or low, yeah. you, are, you should support community. Yeah, yeah. Because that white person who's going to look at that Nepalese mother... It'd be like, well, she's she's Nepalese. So that's that's the trick that he pulled because he realized just like, yeah, your people are strong. Like when from forgive me if I don't if I make a mistake with the history, but when the British tried to colonize Nepal, they came, they fought, they got their butt kicked, and then they was they couldn't deal with the terrain. So then the king, right, he made a deal, you know, with you know the British, and then you know here we are today. So that's what the young generation, I hope, the message that I could get. As we said earlier, if 50 people hear this, if one or two could really be inspired by this, number one, I would say, first of all, don't forget who you are. No matter how much success you get or whatever you get, it's meaningless if you don't pull your people with you. And that's how it was. Like if I have something to eat, I got to share it. You know, we all have to eat because if we're not together, it's just going to be how it is. And that's how the, the white community has stayed so strong. Like I look at the Jewish community. They always keep their money within themselves. They pass the money down. They don't have, they don't have too many outsiders come in. Like in America, in the black community, the dollar circulates in the black community maybe for about two hours, Right. But like in the Korean community, any other community, it's like weeks and days because they have their own business. You know, sometimes uh, there's like a black business, but blacks don't support that business. They'll rather go to another business. Or when these NBA players, NFL players, when they sign these huge contracts, they move out of the neighborhood. They don't even live in the neighborhood. They have a, a, a white, um, and nothing against white people again, but they have a white agent they have a white real estate person, white, 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 white. They buy a big house. They buy a big car. They just give all the money right back. And then meanwhile, the black communities look horrible. That's why I don't respect rappers like uh, Jay-Z. I can't stand Jay-Z, actually, you know, because he became famous rapping about selling drugs. And then after, he's very talented, the music that he chose and this and that. But it's always about him being a drug dealer. And now, he, I think he still raps about that. And he never goes, I don't know, I shouldn't say never, because I don't know what he does, but I know his neighborhood, and it just looks horrible, you know? So they, they don't give back. 
So I'm thinking maybe some people think, well, you know, what do you do to give back? Well, I kind of want to share my story of like how and why I ended up in Hong Kong.